I am so happy to see your face. I was so, oh, you have no idea. I work like 12 plus hours a day on my business, my company, expanding it, building it, keynote speaking, the works. After this, I'm doing a keynote speech for two hours. Um, and and I mean, it's it's my passion, right? I love it. But oh my God, it gets to the point sometimes where I have to have my ashwagandha baths, right? And I kid you not, yesterday when I was in that bath, I was just like, okay, everything's gonna be cool. Like, we got this. And then I was like, yeah, tomorrow I'm seeing Holtzman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's, just, it's just you and I? It's just me and you. That's it. My dreams are coming true. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, oh my gosh, Whoa. welcome to Getting Mental. Oh, let me just say hi to, to my audience for a second. What's up, guys? Today on this episode of Getting Mental, we have the amazing Brian Holtzman, fellow comic. Uh, he's one of my favorite people on this entire planet, by the way. And I, I just feel so fortunate to have him in my life. And he... He just made me fall in love with comedy even more. And so seriously, like not, you guys always know how much I love my comedy community, my comedy peers. And he really is an outstanding person. I, I can't say enough great things about you. I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brenda. I'm happy to be here. Let's yeah. get mental. <laughs> let's, let's freaking get mental. So, okay. How have you been since we last, last talked? Like, what have you been up to? Well, I've been keeping busy. I I I, uh, I I walk every day for for an hour or two, three miles at least, and I'm uh, I'm making little videos on my YouTube channel, Brian Holtzman. I, I have fun with that. Yeah. I'm not out to make a million dollars. I just like doing it. You know, I, I just like interesting. Uh, you know, they uh, they say uh, you should pick a niche when you do YouTube. You know, pick a niche. But I, have, I how do you pick a niche when you have this whole world surrounding you? And so many interesting things and interesting people and interesting visitors and views and things. Uh, please, I'm not going to just talk about one thing, you know. You sound angry. Are you okay? <laughs> Terribly angry. What is this pandemic going to be over? When is it going to be over? <laughs> I'm dying inside. I'm dying. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's just another one of life's, as you know, one of life's curveballs. Right. Life is just a series of curveballs. Yep. And it's how you manage those curveballs. Always. Right? Always. It's always gonna, you know, there's never gonna be a period where I feel that we aren't challenged unless we choose not to be challenged. You know what I'm saying? Like the and then that's that's when you give up. And when you give up, I personally think that's the end of your life. Like death doesn't necessarily mean your pulse stops and you're on the ground. I think people have the option to not live but still be breathing. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I do. And I, and I think uh, I think you'll agree with me that uh, unfortunately, people don't realize that they're walking around with the most sophisticated AI or artificial intelligence in the whole wide world, and it's called their brain. Yep. And they're, they're not in control of their brain because when you see people acting out, they're not, they're not really acting out, I think, because they want to act out. Their brain is, is 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 in such a way that the what do they call it the, uh, the 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 conditioning or their environment or the baggage or 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 their their disappointment with their their lot in life any anything you know it, it's the difference between uh, the Dalai Lama and somebody who's uh, beeping their horn in the parking lot and screaming at people 
<laughs> they are not in control. And I've learned this because I've had a lot of problems with uh, every job I ever had. I had terrific problems. I've been sent home. I've been sent home without pay. I've been, I've been fired. I've been brought back, fired again. I, I mean, don't, I, I don't know why they would do such a thing. I mean, because I wasn't in control of my emotions and emotions is just an extension of your brain. So uh, I'm, I'm learning to just not be, uh, not have my brain being a pre-existing condition. How's that? I don't know how yeah. to explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's actually beautifully said because we are conditioned, right? Growing up, there are so many things that are out of our control. And so a lot of things are imprinted into our subconscious. But the thing is, we can train our subconscious to ingest new information, positive new coping skills, positive new behaviors, right? But the thing is, we have to be open to that. And unfortunately, not a lot of people want to be or know how to be. I, I shouldn't say not want to be, but know how to be. And it's it's our job, I feel like, as comics, we want to make people feel good. We want to make people laugh, right? And in our comedy community, unfortunately, there also isn't much talk about mental health. I don't think they should be mutually exclusive. The ability to provide laughter and then just like not talk about mental health, it, actually, I feel like they should be inclusive because there's no, that's, that's how we'll really make an impact, you know? And earlier, right? And earlier in this podcast, you mentioned about finding your niche. Well, my niche is blending comedy and mindfulness coaching together to, you know, create that bigger impact because it is so needed, especially right now. Are you calling? Uh, are you calling comics crazy? You know, <laughs> I know you're not. I'm insane. I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what a big thing has to play into it, I think you'll agree, is the ego. The ego wants to keep you comfortable. And doing all those things you just mentioned takes you out of your comfort zone. It's like a bird on a wire. They, you know, Because people have to realize, why did I yell at that person? Why did I snap at that person? Why did I get angry at that person? Why did I beat that horn at that? People just don't understand why they're acting the way they're acting. And it's all because their hard drive, I believe, is all... Uh, what's the word? Uh, it's playing, uh, you know, psych. They need to reprogram. I think that's what meditation does. It, it gives you rest and reprograms you. And uh, and people are, uh, and then people also wear hats. I'm the angry guy, or I'm the funny guy, or I'm the mean woman, or I'm, you know, and they wear these hats and these costumes. And then they, if you take that away, somehow they're lost. I think it's all about being comfortable in your own skin, just like little. If we could act just like the toddler in school who has no prejudices, no hangups, no grudges, no hate, no fear, that's how you want to be as a, an adult, I believe. And it takes time. You have to work on yourself to change these uh, these engraved, ingra ingrained uh, belief systems, these toxic complex, uh, complexes that you may have received growing up. How many people do you know? I had a friend who's in therapy. You know, he's like me, you know, single unmarried, no car payments, no alimony, no ex-wives, nothing. So I'm figuring, why is this guy, why is this guy in therapy? He doesn't have any, he doesn't have any baggage. He doesn't have any baggage. Why is he in therapy? And you know why, Brenda, he was in therapy? He was in therapy? You know why? Because he's your friend. Because he's a friend of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, because... I believe he's in therapy because he didn't get the love or the attention from his parents 
growing up. So the rest of his whole life is somehow skewed and he doesn't realize that you get what you get and you have to move on. Our primary caregivers, whether that be our parents or grandparents or aunts or whoever raised us, they have, they have a very big influence, right? On how we perceive this world, how we, how we think about ourselves, how we think about others. But the thing is, like your friend is now taking control and taking charge, you know, reprogram his hard drive, like you called it earlier, right? Because it's true. That's a great way to, to, to call it. It's a hard drive. It's, it's our hard drive. It stores information. But just like the way we can clear a hard drive in real life, we can also clear this and imprint and, and save new positive uh, coping skills and positive perceptions and build more, uh, build positive behaviors, right? That will now benefit our life. You know, I, I had a super chaotic upbringing I, and I talk about it all the time. You know, I, I didn't grow up with parents who knew how to offer unconditional love. Not at all. You know, my, I was raised by teenage parents. We crossed over this border, you know, like I mentioned on your podcast, I had to reprogram that. And, and I did that through working on my mental health, right? Like I wear a big smile on my face because I genuinely feel like that on the inside. And people sometimes assume because of my looks and my cheery attitude, oh, this girl's never been through anything. But it's like, nah, I've had to reprogram this. And this is a daily thing. I'm working on myself daily. I'm growing daily. I'm not perfect, nor do I want to be. But I definitely want to keep improving myself so that in the process, I can enjoy this life because we're only here for a limited amount of time. And in the process, inspire others to do the same because that is the ultimate form of high vibration and the ultimate way to feel happiness by, by giving that love to ourselves and giving love to others. You know what I'm saying? Right. Get, getting out of your own head. Yeah, man. When you think of yourself and you think of others, you get this, this feeling of relief. It's when people are stuck in their own head and they can't get out of it. And it's the me, 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 well, me, or what have me, me. We're not supposed to think of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, and somebody told me about all the trouble they're having getting people to wear masks. And this person told me, which I think is pretty true. She said, she said, these are people probably who are wrapped so tight from all this baggage from their childhood or their lot in life, from the disappointment in their current situation, their job, their relationship, their marriage, the kind of car they drive, you name it. This wearing the mask has become the last straw that just broke the camel's back and they're insane. This is like, this is, this is where I'm drawing the line. I can't take it anymore. What about me? What about me? What have I been through? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can see it when they leave the store, Brenda. Yeah. Usually middle-aged white men, I don't know what that is. I mean, the country is full of middle-aged, angry white men, you know? You know if you see, <laughs> I don't know. If, if you see an angry Mexican, you just say, wow, he must have had a bad day. If you see an angry Chinese or Asian, you say, wow, maybe they got fired. If you see an angry black guy, you say, oh, maybe maybe he had problems with his, with, with his boss today. But when you see an angry white guy, and I guess the same is for an angry middle-aged white woman, right away you say, they're crazy. And you'd be right. They're crazy. They're angry and they're upset. And there's no reason. Didn't anybody tell you you were going to get old? Didn't anybody tell you you were going to age? Didn't anybody warn you? 
And I think they're just wrapped so tight. You see, when they come out of the store, Brenda, as soon as they leave the store, they rip the mask off. They rip the mask off as if to tell everybody that they're telling everybody in the parking lot, this sucks. And it was a silly thing to wear this mask. And I don't agree with this mask. And it's me, 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 for me, 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 me. You see them, they rip it off. They can't even wait to get into their car, right? They can't even wait to get into their car, Brenda. They rip it right off. You know, it's because they're not in control of their hard drive, right? They're as crazy as cat shit, right? And you're Your turn. those are my friends. Those are my friends. And, and they're, they're in therapy. And I'm going to make them my friend. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I love you. It's it, it's everyone, man. You know, again, we we all have control over our thoughts, right? We we can all react to situations. Uh, you know what? We're all presented with the same freaking situation, and it's up to us whether we want to react to it that way. People, you know, ripping off their masks and going screw this, or they're like, you know what? I'm gonna have hope for the future. Yeah, this sucks right now, you know, but you know what? It's gonna get better. And what can I do to help make things get better? That's the thing. It's that take charge mentality, right? Versus the victim mentality. And the victim mentality is so heavy rooted in me, 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 me. What about me, 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 me? And, and that is death to me. That is someone who has given up completely on life, the meaning of life and, and, the, and how to be happy. But you can, you can get out of that. You can get out of that victim mentality. It just, like you said earlier, it's that ego. You have to get rid of the ego. And like you said earlier too, I love that you said this, meditation does help get rid of the ego. It does. I study neuroscience on the daily. And neuroscience, because my meditation is all neuroscience. And I have to find out like what it does to the brain, right? And like I mentioned on your podcast, Dead Air, meditation is huge. Do you meditate? I've, I haven't gotten into a regular routine, unfortunately, because, you know, you have to take that time. You have to, to, to take the time to take that time to set that time aside and do it. And I haven't been able to get into a, a daily uh, meditation. But What if I told you I have the answer to all of your problems? I would, I would jump through the screen and grab <laughs> you, you tackle you, right? <laughs> Let me have it. Let me have it. Let me have it. You want this? <laughs> <laughs> I I created the MX three <laughs> four. I hate you. You want this, <laughs> my precious? <laughs> oh my god! Wait, that's right. You collect bonsai trees, right? Yes. That is yes. so rad. Wait, can you show that again? Oh sure. This is one of my favorite. I like the small ones because they're easy to move around. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> this is a succulent, succulent, succulent. That's what she said. That's <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, because uh, I was always wondering how the, the, the Dalai Lama, you know, he'd hear the most terrific story about death and carnage you know and they talked to him about that death and carnage whatever it was there's plenty of it all over the world and uh it didn't seem to affect him he just talked about it matter-of-factly and i always 
I always took that in and said, how can he talk so almost uncompassionable about it? It's not that he's not being compassionate. It's, um, right. it's, it's, it's that he's being objective and not applying the emotional tides that we apply to these situations, which causes us to be aroused, right? Like you were saying earlier, those people in the parking lot, this. you know, they're allowing situations to, to take hold over them. They're giving their power to that situation versus sitting back using your balanced perspective, logical thinking, being objective and, and sitting back and thinking before acting, before reacting. So the Dalai Lama was responding versus reacting. Because reacting is, again, very emotion-based. Responding is very much thinking-based. It's like, all right, being tactful. Being tactful and saying, all right, let's see how we can you know, navigate this. And that's, that's true leadership. Have you read the book, Think and Grow Rich? No. It's a wonderful book. I'm going to send you the link to it. It's on YouTube. And it talks about the important, he talks about Gandhi, <clears throat> the narrator, and how he was able to influence and inspire others so much through faith and belief. Belief is everything in trying to retrain your subconscious. That is everything. Because you can take the actions of going to therapy. You can take the actions of, of trying to meditate, but it, it's in that belief that it will work out. You are going to get better if you if you seek therapy. You are going to be better when you start to meditate. It's that belief that will change everything. Yeah, that's what I heard the other day. People get depressed and they fall into a depression. It's because uh, they don't perceive or they have a lack of hope. Mm -hmm. If you don't have any hope, yeah. I could... You know, hope is what keeps us going forward. People work out with the weights and they they, they, they they eat the right foods and, and they do everything. And they, they, they want their body to be completely 100% going on all eight cylinders or what have you. And they, they, they get their hair cut and they, 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 they do everything on the outside. But they don't take care of their up here. Yep. I'll never forget. <clears throat> You, hey, you're so entertaining to watch. You are one of my favorite comics on this planet. My gosh, I miss just seeing you on stage screaming at the crowd. And and, and all us comics are in the back, uh, you know, it, it just howling, howling at, at your jokes. And I'll never forget when we were at our friend Brody's memorial, whom, rest in peace, his poster's right behind me. He inspires me daily. And I'll never forget when we read his memorial and you said, you know, everybody goes, you know how we're cut we're, we're here together right now, right? And we're all we're all here connecting. If you guys don't continue to do this and continue to feel this way and continue to be there for each other, then nothing's gonna change. And it's gonna be a big disservice to absolutely everyone around you. Like, it, it, we, we have to continue this feeling in order for things to change, you know? And it's not just about today, hugging everybody and leaning on each other and crying. It's not just about today and this moment that we're doing this. It's about doing this every day with everyone, 
you know? And I'll never forget that. And I'm like, hell yeah, you were the only one, I think, that said that. You were the only one that, that said something that inspiring and that, that was very true to what was going on. Yeah, you you could you could feel it in the room, the, the you know the, the the love and the uh, the kinship and the friendship, and you could feel it. It was palpable, yeah. and and I was just I guess I was just trying to encourage everybody to take this when you leave here tonight, take it with you. Yeah, think about this. This is how you want to go. What do you think about the audience members? Can we talk about that for a second? You know, <laughs> it's okay not to get the joke. It's okay not to like the joke. But should you really be offended by the joke? That's the that's I think what we were talking about having your mind screwed on too tight. Oh my God! I'm okay. Yes, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because I one of my favorite jokes of yours is that baby in the blender joke. Okay, and I tell everybody about that joke and how that makes me howl so much. And I'll never forget that when you would tell. Do you know what joke I'm talking about? Remind me. Remind me. It's something about I, I can't set it up like you, but it's a, it's about a guy who's gonna I think gonna throw out the trash, and then his wife is telling him something, and then he puts a baby in a blender. Somehow there's a baby in a blender, and and you start going <laughs> off, and and then usually like half the audience is howling, and the other half is so offended, and then you call the people out, you call the audience who's offended out, like look at you. Look at you! You can't even turn it off. It's a joke. Laugh. No, but you're so stuck in here. You're stuck in here. You're, you know, it's like turn it off. You're at a comedy show. Turn it off. And I laugh. We are, we're all us comics in the back are all laughing harder because it's so true. They get so offended, and you're like, you forget you're at a comedy show. You know, you could laugh, but no, this is a laugh. And you go off. <laughs> you can really, you can really see the baggage that people have in their mind. When they react like that, especially in the comic club, it's like they're wearing their baggage on the on the outside, on you know, just huge, just waiting for somebody to push that button. That it almost gives them pleasure to strike out against this big idiot, this clown on stage who's just trying to tickle their funny bone and let them forget about life for a while, and they're hanging on to the point where they're they're standing up, and it's a it's a chorus of. Uh, uh, FUs. It's just, I don't get it. You know, it's all in that art of letting go, right? Being in the moment, letting go, allowing things to transpire in front of you and challenging your beliefs. And that is one of the hardest things to tell us humans to do, right? But it is impossible. And it is the most liberating feeling when you do apply those things because that's where the magic happens. And magic is real, 100%. The, the ego, the ego is, uh, the ego is like, uh, it's, in my opinion, ego is just to protect you, mm-hmm. you know, at night or in danger. But the ego has become, they say the ego is the reason why, you know, if, if you're all tuned up and ready to go and you're all in order, you're not afraid of being wrong. You're not afraid of being incorrect. You're not afraid of being embarrassed. You're not afraid of anything and that makes you an open book to everything and everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you put these walls of ego up, then some people they'll hold on to something that they know is wrong. Right. And that's where the ego <clears throat> doesn't protect you. That's where the ego hinders you. 
that's where the ego now closes you off for you to receive the blessings and abundance that you rightfully deserve. Because we all do. We all just, we are all worthy of abundance, of love, of care, of kindness, compassion, all these things. And oftentimes we don't realize that we are the only people blocking that. We're gatekeepers. We are. We are the gatekeepers, right? Because we hold on to our believies, to quote Louis C.K., right? Believies. We hold on to our believies so freaking much sometimes. And that is that is our biggest downfall. We gotta, we gotta let that shit go, man. We gotta be open to that. We gotta be receptive to new that we didn't think could be possible, that we didn't know, and that does challenge our beliefs. There's nothing more liberating to me than saying, I don't know, or yeah, no, you know what? I'm, I'm wrong, totally. Teach me something new. Because that is going to help me persevere. That's gonna help me keep going on that growth mindset and improving myself on the daily because that's, that's how I'm going to inspire myself. That's how I'm going to inspire others. That's how I'm going to attract blessings. That's how I'm going to keep living in abundance. You know what I'm saying? It's gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude is huge. It's so huge. And it's so important, especially right now. Like you were mentioning earlier, those people who are throwing their masks in the parking lot. You know, it's so easy to focus on the negative right now. So easy, right? We can pick anything to be freaking, you know, about. We can pick anything. It does take practice to focus on the positive. But once we do focus on the positive and we start to name those things on the daily, that becomes our default. That becomes our main way of processing situations and information. And that's when our life changes for the better. So what, what, what can we say to the people that before they can help themselves, they have to, you know, how do you help somebody who's, who doesn't know that they need help. I don't know. How, how do you get somebody? I guess you have to be beat down and see your errors before you, you know, how do you get somebody to, who's, who's egoed out, completely walled in? How do they, how do they get out of that if ever? That is a really good question. Let me think. How do you reach somebody? How do you reach somebody like that? Because you can see them all day long. Just go out in public. You can see person after person after, especially when you drive. That's when it somehow it really comes out. You can see how tightly people are wound. If somebody in front is, is not going quick enough or, or or doing something they shouldn't be doing, they are they are just they are livid. They are they, they are wrapped tight. And it's kind of sad to see somebody wrapped tight. Because I used to be wrapped a little bit more tighter than I am now. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wrapped real tight. Real tight. <laughs> oh my god, how much more wrapped tight were you? Please. <laughs> Explain, elaborate. Maybe, maybe 99%. <laughs> and what helped you? Oh, so perfect. So then let me know what helped you. I uh, I stopped uh, I stopped drinking alcohol. That helped a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And there's a reason why I'm saying yes nonstop because that's what I did too when I had my epiphany. My life changed. <laughs> like plain and simple. I just finished reading the book, uh, the Tibetan book of living and dying. Ooh, that was, about that. That was deep. A lot of things were over my head. I don't think I'll ever have a spiritual teacher. You know, it's kind of heavy, you know, 
but I took what I can from it and what I could understand. What is it about? It's about how the people uh, in, in, in the Western culture, you know, they have the funeral, they have a wake, and then they bury the person, and, and, and that's it, you know. There's no preparation, you know, how to treat people when they're dying, how to treat them after they're passed away. And it, and it translates to how you treat people in your own life. It's that uh, Eastern philosophy type thing, you know, uh, Buddhism, perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. and how you want to. You know what it, it taught me how uh, the more we talked about meditation and we talked about uh, spirituality. I think that's what we're talking about. Spirituality is the uh, the elimination of ego. Yeah. It talked about perhaps now you'll have a better time and an easier time dying if you already have your mind in the right frame of mind. Nobody wants to die kicking and screaming. Why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? You have to completely let go of everything and everybody. Mm-hmm. People are hanging on to my my accounts, my money, my house, my wife, my children. You've got to let it all go. Yep. And you've got to, because dying is part of living. And everybody's got to do it. So the book talked about that, how you want to, uh, and it, uh, all the different signs, perhaps. And it had it had a chapter about people with near-death uh, death experiences, how they were all pretty similar. Yeah. So that was interesting. It was a very interesting book. Uh you know, I'm fascinated. No, I that Tibetan book of uh, the the living and the dead. Tibetan book of the living and hold dead. on. I'm going to get my uh, whenever I uh, whenever I read a book, I write down in the author and the date, so I'll be able to share that with your listeners. I would love that. Yes, please. The Tibetan book of living and dying. 9-11-2020. Oh wait, eleven eleven. No, I said nine. November eleven twenty twenty. You know, 1111 is a really powerful number. Really? Very powerful. What ha- what made you get into, um, or what inspired you to get into spirituality and to read these books? Because that's also a big step, right? For people who want to eliminate their ego and want to change. You mentioned giving up alcohol. What else inspired you? I had great parents, a nice, warm, loving family on Long Island, and uh, a grandmother that was great, just great. God, I got I to gotta show you. Yes, please. This this woman was unbelievable. God, just you know how they people say they were saints. These are the saints in our lives, you know. Aww. Wait, it's upside. Oh no, it's up. Oh. She was just wonderful. She had a big influence on me. She would always say, "Hang your towel up. It's not going to dry in a ball. It's not going to dry in a ball." And she's the one who said, she said she's the she's the one who's told me, you know, uh, don't don't be so rough. Don't don't be so rough. You know. No, you just watch people in their daily lives. Sometimes everything, everything is grabbed, everything is thrown, or everything is pushed. You know, everything is, you know. And she said, you know, just be, don't, don't do that. So she had a big influence on me. She was just a doll. She's the one who told me. I used to, I was in McGuire Air Force Base, New Jersey, and I used to bring my laundry home because I could come home on the weekends to Long Island. She's the one who said, don't bring your laundry home. You know, on the train, in the bus, you know, in, in, in a laundry bag, you know. She said, don't, don't, don't do that. Do your laundry on the face. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Do your laundry on the base. I didn't know you served in the Air Force. Four and a half years. What? That's awesome. I was a major. A major. Oh, my God. That is so amazing. I was a, a major. Oh. <laughs> you were a major pain in the ass, I'm sure, too. Yeah, it is. Look at you, you handsome devil. Look at you. 
That was the uh, that was the day I locked myself out of my locker. Yeah. <laughs> that was the I locked myself out of my locker look. Is that what yeah. it is? they just did the, did the picture afterwards like immediately? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't break up. Uh, I don't break up uh, friendships and relationships with people who are uh, have different belief systems and different political views and opinions. I refuse to do that. And I think people who break up with friends over stuff like that perhaps weren't real friends to begin with, or they were just looking for an excuse to break that relationship off. Yep. What do you think? I absolutely agree. One of my favorite TED Talks ever, it's, um, I will also send this to you, and it is the What Makes for a Good Life. That's the title of it. And the guy talks about the longest study ever done on humans, and I don't know if it's still going on, but it should be. They took a few kids from Chicago, and when they were, these kids were little, they were like, we're going to study you guys for the rest of your life to see what makes for a good life, where you guys end up, right, and what's really contributing to your happiness. They found that those who had friendships, like long-term friendships, you know, a, a, a majority, like a big group of people around them, right, like just support around them, good, positive, healthy relationships and friendships that's what makes for a good life it's not all the money in the world it's not the fame it's not the the material things at all it's the people around you and if you have friendships that you can depend on right so yeah you you hit the nail on the head on on a thing that i want more more i want all people to realize that happiness really does come from cultivating and nurturing those relationships in your life, right? And, and not breaking away this, this, as soon as something, you know, minor happens or a misunderstanding or, cause that's gonna happen, right? In friendships, you're gonna have your misunderstanding. Now, of course, if those friendships turn toxic, right? And now those people aren't supportive and now those people are going down a different path where, now you're noticing they're dragging you down or affecting your health, your mental health, your physical health, your overall well-being. Then, yeah, you cut those people out. Bye-bye, snip, snip. But, you know, just because someone has a different opinion than you or you have a misunderstanding, there's no need to, like, sever that relationship. It's, it's hard to understand. Even the baby, even the, even the young two-year-old or three-year-old, the young adolescents, they inherently know what's right and what's wrong. It just comes to them naturally. Mm-hmm. They know what's good and what's bad. What's yet adults, you know, you, how many people do you know? And you just say, how do you think like that? How can you have that opinion? What, what is going on? What do you think is an, is a way for adults to dig up their inner guidance again? Because like what you were talking about, the two-year-olds who know inherently what's right and what's wrong, that's their inner guidance. That's their, that's their primary brain, which is their intuition. You know, it's letting them know what's right or what's wrong. We bury that. We bury that as adults because it, it gets it gets buried by all the all the things that happen to us, all the situations that that we are you know exposed to, and all the different beliefs that all of a sudden we you know get programmed into our subconscious. So how do we learn to unpack? so that we can 
become those receptive children again, where we are able to make the right decisions, not based out of ego, but based off of that inner guidance. I, I, I don't know, because how, how often in your own life do you meet somebody? I have friends that the first thing you think on your mind is, that's not worth even discussing it with this guy or trying to change his mind. It's not even worth it. He's so I, 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 don't, I don't know how you try to break a brick wall with a plastic straw. <laughs> You know, you know, I, you know, they, they, they'll think we're crazy, you know, but it's all about what's going on inside. It's all there, uh, the ego and the belief system and the, and the uh, it's not coming from a place of love. That's what it's all about. You're either coming from a place of love or you're not. Mm-hmm. It's real, real simple. Mm-hmm. The child and even the adult should know a mean personality or a loving personality, a supportive personality or an unsupportive personality. These are just rights and wrongs. I don't know. This stove, this, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm making it sound too simple, but I don't know how else to, uh, the, the, even the child knows the stove is hot, the, the, the child doesn't touch the stove. But as people grow older, they just get entrenched. My grandmother used to say, she said, if you have faith, you can face anything. And I always remembered that. So people without faith or a, a margin of spirituality, what do you have to fall back on? When you when you find yourself in a, up the creek without a paddle, yep, you have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. Yep. And yep. all religion, all the religions, as far as I'm concerned, are all the same. They're just uh, different cultures. That's what makes them different. But they're all talking about the same thing. The Quran and the Bible. They talk about Jesus in both of them, of course. Yep. Jesus and some of the uh, stars of the Bible are mentioned in the Quran. It's all coming from a place from love. I haven't finished reading it. I have a little copy I got when I was in Southeast Asia. I still want to read that. And it's much easier to read than the Bible, by the way. If you ever tried to read the Bible, isn't that amazing? We've read a lot of books, front front of, you know, 700-page books. But I've never read the Bible cover to cover. Because right. it's, I haven't either. It's a difficult book to read. It's a dry read. Right? It use some humor. It could, you know? <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to crack those people. I don't know. I I don't know. They have to. I think the best way to help and to inspire is by transforming ourselves. And actually, it's the only way that we can do it. By us working on ourselves, doing this, being that, that person that they can look to and go, hey, if they can do it, I can too. Because ultimately, we can't change people, right? We can only... We can only guide them, but we can't change them. And the best way to guide people is by changing ourselves, by practicing what we preach and having them look to, look up to that. Because really, that's, that's the biggest way we can influence them. Like, he's an inspiration. I want to learn what he's learning. I can see how his life has benefited. I can see how he's benefited. I can see how he's happier. I can see how he's wise. I can see all these positive things. How is he doing it, right? And it's not getting discouraged by all the naysayers because they're everywhere and they're going to be everywhere. But there's also people out there who are looking for inspiration. And those are the people that you're going to attract. And those are the people you got to look out for. You know, the ones who are wanting that, that desire to change too, but don't know how to go about it. Because those who, who don't want to change are not going to change, you know? It, it, yeah. it, and we're not going to be able to force them by freaking, you know, smacking them on the head. That's the last way we're going to be able to influence them. But for those people who do want to change and don't know how to go about it, the best way to influence them is by 
you positively changing yourself? The, the time where you see a little bit of change is, I had a friend who had a uh, bypass heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And you could see right after surgery, he was, he was a little bit open, you know, and he was, he talked about reading the Bible and he, but that wore off. Now he's back to his own self. Whenever he goes out in public, he's screaming at people. Interesting. A good example is uh, when you're talking to a friend and they repeat themselves, the normal reaction is, hey, you told me that already. You told me that already, okay? You... That's just a normal reaction. But normal you... reaction. And that's coming, that's, that's coming from you. That's about you. It's, it's back to me, 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 why me, me, me. Instead of just listening to that person, say it again, even if it's 10 times. I guess if it gets to 20 times, you might want to say something. But, just, that's, but that's just a small example. When you see somebody repeat yourself, and they'll do it. Your friends will do it a lot. They'll tell you something they already told you. And you just, you listen again. But the normal reaction, the people that are wound up too tight, oh, you told me that already. You told me that already. You told me that already. So I hope that helps. <laughs> you just changed right? everyone's <laughs> life right now. That, that, that was what they needed to hear and see. And no, you touched upon something super important. The art of listening. Listen. Listening. That art of receiving, being receptive. We have to, right? We have uh, Paul Tony's so wise. My God. He's you so want to buy it? Uh, maybe some of your listeners want to dead air t-shirt. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Guys, guys, buy a t-shirt, dead air with Brian Holtzman. And you can find it on YouTube, uh, Apple, uh, Apple, right? It's also on Apple podcasts. Uh, it's up there. Yeah. It's on the World Wide web someplace. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. there, guys. <laughs> Hold on. I'll get my other things. Wait a minute. What is that? Oh, I love you so much. I love you guys. Check this. I love you. Yes. Brian Holtzman on call. Instagram, Brian Holtzman. That's that's, that's because I'm a Virgo. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? All of my best friends are Virgos. All of them. All of them. All of them. Everything has to be just right. I... Yo, I love them, my Virgos. Oh my God, I am half Scorpio. Okay, I'm half Scorpio, and uh, I, I'm I'm a Libra Sun, but most of my planets are in Scorpio. And oh my God, I love them, my Virgos. Like, yo, y'all are y'all are the best. Y'all are the freaking best. Y'all so, grab me. So get so get get spiritual, get spiritual. Connect with your hard drive. Clean it out. Meditate. Be an open book. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Let other people be right. Don't challenge everything and everyone and everything you see if you can, or else you'll be like this fella. <laughs> you want to be like this fella? Or do you want to be like this fella? Hi. Or do you want to uh, be like this fella? Actually, uh, <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I love you. I think you're, you're absolutely wonderful and phenomenal and you are so wise. 
seriously, so, so wise. And I, I'm so excited for everybody to see this episode. This is hands down my favorite episode that I've recorded. Like, no joke. I, I can't, I can't express my admiration for you. Seriously. Like okay. you are one of the kindest souls that I know and that I'm blessed <laughs> to have in my life. I'm serious. Like, Thank you. I Thank know. you. Thank you, Brendan. You, you and Brooke will come back on Dead Air, will you? Yes, yo, freaking. So Red Man moved to Austin. Yeah, he's, he's, he bought a house. He's not uh, officially, he, I think he's back in LA now. So okay. we'll, we'll be working together uh, for some more time. Sweet, cool, cool, cool. I'm seeing Brooke next week. Uh, we're going out to dinner. So I will talk with her about coming back on Dead Air. When would be a good time for her schedule, my schedule? And yeah, when are you guys shooting? Are you guys still shooting every Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, is he? Okay, how long is he in town for? Uh, I haven't discussed it with him yet. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I will definitely text you and let you know because hell yeah, I can't wait to come back on. I had a blast. We had a blast. She had so much fun. Yeah, it was a, I had fun too. You guys made it real easy. <laughs> easy on the eyes too. I mean, yeah, yeah. why can I, why can I say, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to wrap up this episode because I can talk to you forever. Like, also, also, I have a YouTube channel, just uh, Brian Holtzman. It's just little videos, 15, 20 minute videos. They're, they're, they're designed to put people to sleep. Phenomenal. <laughs> so only watch it at night. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you brandon thank you thank you brian thank you holtzman love you thank you guys all for right. this episode of getting mental again i'm gonna have all of holtzman's um social media handles on the screen and please give him a follow please watch his videos and thank you for watching this episode and again thank you love you holtzman bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.